This episode of The Devin Kershaw Show is brought to you by Concept2 and the Concept2 Skierg. Concept2 is the designer and manufacturer of the Skierg, a training tool for Nordic skiing and for general fitness. Located in north central Vermont, the Concept2 family rose in summer and skis in winter. The Skierg grew out of the time-tested design of the Concept2 rowing machine. As dedicated skiers, we know this much is true. It's not always easy to get out on the snow in winter, or out on the roller skis, for that matter, in summer. The Skierg is a perfect dry land training option for skiers, or anybody really, looking to improve their fitness. The second generation Skierg allows for single stick and double pulling. Take your skiing and upper body conditioning to a new level with a Skierg. You can find more information about Skiergs and their PM5 performance monitors at concept2.com. This is Jason Albert, and you are listening to The Devin Kershaw Show from Faster Skier. This is our post 4x5K women's relay breakdown from the 2021 World Championships in Oberstdorf, Germany. The racing was solid, and it was a close call for the U.S. in achieving their first ever medal in a championship 4x5 relay, losing out to Finland by a mere second to place fourth. Okay, on to the episode, and tomorrow we'll be back with the men's 4x10 relay. You know, the women's 4x5 relay was today, I think, you know, up front, let's just put it out there, that... You know, the U.S. was riding high on on meddling for the first time in a championship event. Um, you know, I think I picked Sweden to take it. Someone texted me this morning. They're like, you didn't give me your pick. I'm like, oh, here, here's my pick. Sweden, Norway, U.S. Uh, I, I was wrong in a big way. Um, yeah, so the, yeah, that's what yeah. I had, too. Those were my picks, too. But those... I, well, I, th- I thought Russia. I thought Russia and the U.S. would be fighting sure. for that bronze medal. Sure. But I, but I, but I would have picked U.S. in third over Russia, uh, purely because Nepreva has two, had two broken bones in her hand. So, like, um, but yeah, and it, that is not how it played out. That is definitely not how it played out. Yeah. So let's um. I, I think it's important to like let's go leg by leg here, which I think is a, is a natural trajectory, but um, kind of with an eye on. You know, sort of the players here. Uh, you know, Norway, Russia looked great on leg one, as did Canada. I, I want to say Catherine Stewart Jones, great scramble oh, God, leg. She had a great leg. Yep. She had a great leg. Yep. Uh, and I think she came through in fourth off the top of my head here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Haley Swirbel, you know, again, like I'm not one to second guess anybody here. And, you know, she looked in it for, say, the first two and a half K and then, and then, certainly look like the hot pace and the you know there maybe there's some residual fatigue from from a long season but she fell off the pace and she came through uh tagging off 14 and 14.1 seconds down which is which um, is fine you know what i mean like you're it, you're that's yep. that, that it, that's uh that's limiting your losses i thought Haley did a great job to limit her losses because you're right like she did she got a little tie tie there at closing kilometers of the, of the first leg no question but continue <laughs> and and well and and sweden comes through 12 point second 12.5 seconds down not not the end of the world that sundling who did that scramble leg for them uh 
But the narrative was sort of, sort of already written for them. I mean, when they came through that far down, for me at least, I thought, huh, they can they can get that back, no problem. But it was surprising to me. Was that a, a little bit of a surprise for you? Yeah, I think I think a big surprise for me was we know how good a shape something's in. She, I mean, she gold medalist in the team sprint, gold medalist in the individual sprint. 5K classic suits her strengths, no question, especially in the scramble leg where you don't have the strongest on your team. Like Chris was saying yesterday, often, you know, on the powerhouse teams, your weakest skier is skis first. Um, so uh, that, 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 that surprised me. But then, then I went back and I rewatched a little bit of it again. And you notice something like Sunday's skis were just vicious. She had no kick. She had like absolutely no kick. So Sweden really had like, it was a comedy of errors today for the Swedish, for the Swedish team. Uh, they send Sundling out on skis that are way too slick. And I thought she did a great job to hold it to only a shade over 12 seconds. But I agree, it, it, it was foreboding. You know, if you were an author, that's, uh, that's some good foreshadowing there. Um, but then, <laughs> because, because, then the, because then the storm really hit when Kala went. And I never in a million years would have guessed the undoing of one of, one of female schemes' grades. It was really hard to see. I felt so bad for Shalotta today. Uh, she had ho- just horrendous skis. <laughs> like, it was, they were so bad. Like, oh my God, those were bad skis. That's never good. And then she had a body that from just... From a speed, yeah, from speed, speed kick combo? Yeah, uh, speed is what I was noticing. I mean, yeah, yeah they, those were some... Sweden, the Swedish wax team in classic anyway, really picked the wrong day to, to, yeah, to chill or I don't know what happened, but, uh, but it didn't help, you know, and then it got exasperated and, and Chris talked a little bit about that as well. It's like when you're on a bad day, the last thing you want is bad skis with a bad body in, in, in something like that. And I mean, she lost over a minute and a half in 5k which is yeah she she came through so just like you know they were 12 seconds off the pace at 5k at 10k after Kala's leg they were roughly 140 off yeah exactly. a massive massive bleeding of time and and like you said like tough to see oh. i mean she i i really i've spoken to her a few times and i really enjoy yeah, her I love Kala. She's yeah awesome. yeah she's she's a great champion you know what i mean like she's She's a real inspiration. She's really been a leader of that Swedish team. And and the things she's able to, the, the things that she has been able to accomplish in, in international skiing, I mean, she has it all, right? Like individual golds in, in world championships, Olympics, uh, won the Tour de Ski. Uh, she's been a contender for well over a decade. Uh, beautiful skater. And, and also just always has always has time for the media, always has time for her, for other, for other people, uh, from other countries, definitely easy to talk with and just a good ambassador for, for skiing. I mean, she's, yeah, she's, she's a great ambassador for skiing and a great person. And I thought, um, you know, and, and I, you know, after skiing on the circuit with her for a long time, uh, yeah, she's definitely always been someone that I cheered for. I mean, how could you not? And, and, even though I've been out of the sport now for two and a half years from now, or yeah, three years from an athlete's perspective, for an athlete's side, um, you know, even when I was working with the Norwegian team, you know, like 
she was always she'd say hi and talk talk a little bit which is you know she's got races to do and stuff like that so she's definitely a really great person and, and it was it was hard to see and i've been there dude i have i have had that race charlotte has had after having good races i mean that brought me back to 2013 when alex and i were fourth in the team sprint we missed out on a bronze medal by like 0.07 i think and i was in great shape and then in the relay we had i had horrible skis with like no grip and i had a terrible body and i think i lost maybe two minutes in a 10k classic which is that's crazy for me like I, it was probably one of the worst classic races i've done in my entire career and and uh and that's at the world championships and you you feel like you let your team down and yeah for sure we i had horrible skis and, and kala was had visibly very bad classic skis but at the same time in 5k with a great champion you you, you even though you're seeing it and you're like you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to say it's re reality you're like no no even with these skis that are like really slow like kala can limit her losses she'll be able to limit her losses and you can't limit your losses when you have a bad body as well. So, ah, oh, it was, and that's the ball that's game. Out. And that's the ball game. There goes, there goes, there goes the, there goes Sweden's, Sweden's chances for yeah. gold. And, and I thought, I thought they were shooing for gold. Honestly, I don't even think they were a favorite. I was like, you know what? The women's relay will be exciting for second, third, fourth, but uh, the gold medal, it goes to Sweden easily. When I saw the start list and, and we've seen how good the whole Swedish women have been at these championships and also most of the year. So, um, no, I was, uh, uh, my heart broke. That was, that was tough to see. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was, it, it was tough to see from just like my, as I've sort of had premeditated, like how the story plays out as I write it up, I was like, okay, reset here. There's a different narrative, you know, from the, from the sharp end of the race, um, Heidi Vang, I think, you know, she had the second leg for Norway and I think she skied really tactically well, um, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like, you know, she let Russia kind of take the pace out until it was she made a very decisive move um, late in her leg. And, you know, she only had um, a couple of seconds at the 10K tag. But for me, the tone was set. Like, she pulled away slightly and held her ground, kept Norway up front, and I was like, okay, she hands off to Johog. This is probably a done deal at this point. Um, yeah, for sure. And and also of note, and we'll, we can get back to Norway, is, you know, um, Sadie Bjornsson, Sadie Mobe Bjornsson, uh, she raced the second leg for the U.S. and got her right back in it. I, I, she lost some time overall uh maybe 10 seconds but collectively the whole sort of cohort of skiers lost time um besides russia on the second leg and she you know pulled the u.s back into metal contention you know with germany switzerland and finland um you know prior to tagging off for the third leg so yeah do you want to mention anything about vang i thought she skied great yeah of course yeah no no i i thought it was great i I agree with everything you're saying. Heidi skied a tactically brilliant race. Her body looked like it was responding. Her technique was on point. Um, it was a beautifully done race, and it set up Fedeza with what she needed to, to pull away from from the field. And that that that's a storybook. That that was a storybook race for 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 Heidi. And it's great to see her too. She's really struggled with these World Championships, especially the last race, when she was 15th in the 10K skate, which is a shock. I, I, and I I 
want to dig a little deeper into what you said with Sadie. I thought Sadie had a, a fantastic lane. Uh, she was skiing. She was skiing really well, skiing with good boys. Great technique, great tactics. Um, it was a, it was the best race of Sadie's championship, and I thought she looked pretty good in the the team sprint as well. But only pretty good, not not better than that. And and in the relay today, uh, it was a, it was a great 5K leg for Sadie. And you're absolutely right. Like the 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 amount of time that Haley lost is so. Oh, you can overcome that so easily. I thought so. I thought Sadie skied a, a, a great leg, and it was set up exactly where you'd want it for the U.S. I thought they were right in there. And uh, then we get to the third leg, and this is kind of where races usually happen, and, and it, it did, and it was exactly what Chris and I and you, what we were talking about yesterday. The skate side is so much harder. <laughs> and Terezio Hug did quick work of, of Sorina. And Sorina, for Russia, the, the, the Russian skier in the third leg, also skied well. Same with Stupak. Like, like just to go backtrack a little bit, like Stupak, who was the Russian skier that skied leg two, like she skied great. Yeah, she lost a couple seconds to, to Heidi, but she also skied a tactically, like not brilliant, but she skied a, a, a good tactical race to hang in there. And then Serena, just, she's just not good enough to, to go with Terezi because no one in the world's good enough to go with Terezi Hug. Like, Terezi Hug's the best skier in the world, and she's shown at these championships she's in great shape. And she's shown that, like, in this terrain, in difficult, slow conditions, like, no question. No no one's going to touch Terezi Hug. And, and that, then it was. That was the ball game. I mean, Terezi completely annihilated the field, as, as we would have expected she could do. And especially when Eva Anderson wasn't there to to do anything sort of anything to challenge. So that that the Norway won the race about two K into the third leg when Teresa had had the gap she needed. Yeah, literally done. I was like, okay, I'm not really focusing on Norway unless like there's a a catastrophic fall and skis break and poles break. Yeah. Exactly. It's over. Totally. So she comes through yeah, I mean she comes through I'm just kind of um gotta go back to my uh gosh got Lots of windows up. She had 21 seconds, I think, at the, at the tag, which is a lot. Yeah, 19, 20, no, yeah, 20 seconds. 20, 20 seconds. seconds at the tag at 15K, which, again, it door slammed shut. Oh, yeah, it's over. So Norway takes it. Rosie Brennan skied the third leg for the U.S. And at that point, right, I mean, like sort of setting up the narrative here, you know, gold is locked up. Silver looks locked up, but... As the race transpires, you know, Russia looks like, you know, maybe they could implode if they, you know, redline it too much on that long grinding hill. Maybe the U.S. catches up, uh, maybe, you know, and and there's a cohort of skiers. So Rosie skis that third leg for the U.S. and does much, much, if not all of the pulling on that leg. Did you notice that? Yeah, I did. And I, I, I think that was a bit of a tactical mistake, but she didn't pay for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, she lost a tiny little bit of time, but that's that's negligible. She didn't do anything to put the bronze medal um, in danger. But yeah, kept him in the hunt. Yeah, she she kept him in the hunt, but I thought it was a bit of a tactical, small tactical mistake, especially early in early in that race. There was no need for Rosie to to press as hard as she was pressing if she if she couldn't get that gap from the group she was skiing in, and she would have noticed that fairly early. Um, but, you know, fortune favors the bold, and, and, and Rosie has had a fantastic season. So 
Uh, I'm not surprised that she tried to dig the way she did. And she she paid for it a tiny little bit at the end, but but not more than that. A little bit like Haley's leg, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't great. Rosie didn't have a great leg, but it wasn't, it was by no means a disaster. And, um, but she, but the, the fact of the matter is, is Rosie's on, on fumes from now. Like, I think it's safe to say now that after all the races we've seen Rosie in, like, Rosie Brandon is on fumes. Like, the shape that she had earlier in the season, um, even in the Tour de you know, yeah, she, she like, I've, I've, I've repeat, I'm repeating myself, but, like, Rosie was fifth in the Tour, and she had one really bad day. But aside from that, it was quite solid. Like, it was good skiing. Um, but now... Now the air's gone out of the balloon a little bit, and I thought she did a great job to to keep them in it. I mean, with with the shape she's in right now, I thought she skied a great leg to to be able to keep them in it. Okay, so yeah, like setting this up here, you know, as we're watching the race again, you know, the context is, uh, you know, this is Norway's Norway's already won it, and there is sort of a race for silver and bronze. It's certainly a race for bronze, but possibly a race for silver going into that last leg. And, um, you know, the tag off rushes 20 seconds behind and it's Germany, Finland, US, roughly 110 behind together. And they all, all three teams are together. The US has Jesse Diggins on the anchor leg and Finland has Krista Parmakowski. And, you know, Parmakowski certainly, you know, I haven't really drilled down into her metrics for the season, but she probably would admit she hasn't had the season she's wanted. Oh, she's that old struggled. Kind of, yeah. yeah and, 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 and what's interesting about Parmakowski is maybe some U.S. fans that were a little surprised uh, will get to what happened. But, but, I mean, Krista Parmakowski has individual championship medals from both the Olympics and and the world championships. She is, she's at a very high level. Um, when she's, when she's, when she's on form, she's at, she's incredible. She's an incredible skier. She's really struggled this year, but she flew a little too close to the sun. She took some risks. She trained, she took her training up a notch. And what does that mean? She actually added quite a bit of volume to her training this past year. And, and it was all looking pretty good till the fall. And then things, kind of fell off the rails she got sick but then then the fatigue just sat in after being after being a little sick uh, the fatigue just sat in and to the point where she actually took like three weeks off in november like no training or they say no training so you never know what that means but very little like she was she was essentially in panic mode and going like okay i've really got to dial things back and try and get some energy back because i still have big goals for the world championships and and it just wasn't working i mean Krista Parmakowski, this she, the reports out of Finland in the summer before she, before she hit the wall, like was she was at a very high level, training was going really well, and but pushing it, like really pushing it, and and the wheels fell off, and she just has not been able to get the wheels back on track. That said, it's a 5K skate, and remember in 2018 in the 10K skate, Kristen Parmakowski was third. She tied for third with no other than the greatest skier that ever lived. Mar Birgen. So she she is super- Oh, we're talking about the Olympics. I forgot about that. That's yeah, right. Yeah, we're talking yeah, 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 I'm talking about the Olympics. And and um, you know, we all saw how good a shape Jesse Diggins was at the Olympics too. I mean, like so <laughs> but Jesse wasn't on the individual podium in, in the Olympics. Uh, so Krista is a, a great skier, she's a great skater and and because of some mistakes she's made in her 
not mistakes. I, I don't even want to call it mistakes because of the risks she took in her training that didn't pan out this season. Um, there was some question marks, but when you get a tag in a relay, it's 5k. And Kristen knows like, I just have to stay on Jesse to have even a chance. I just have to stay there. So uh, Jesse was a great carrot for Finland, like really great. And, and Jesse was so motivated. I like, I'll push back a little bit. I know what you're saying, though. When when you say like the silver was still in play, I could see how that I could see how Jesse or 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 people at home could think that because again, Nepreva, like we've talked about ad nauseum, has uh, is recovering from um, two two broken bones in her hand, which is obviously not a good lead up for the <laughs> for the world championships. Um, and she's also raced not at a great level; like she was twelfth in the in the ten k skate a couple days ago so i could see that we'd hope and you'd hope that and dream that jesse could make up uh the deficit that she had to her but i mean don't forget i mean 50 seconds is a lot to make up in only 5k like nepreva is still a great skier herself and and when i saw through the tags i'm like okay well this looks like the u.s is locked up third i mean this should be pretty much just a routine race like third is a given uh silver is a given now you know nepreva she she skied she skied great she only lost six seconds to to foster's home and foster's home remember this is the other thing too because we norway gets a lot of props and, and as they as they show they're the best ski ski nation in the world by quite a bit especially at this championship but um but foster's home is a junior and i thought she skied great like you know it's a lot of pressure for a junior to to get the anchor leg of the relay and and I thought she said everything right before the relay took place. She skied a great leg and she, I mean, she got to live a dream that, that man, uh, the dream of pretty much every athlete on the world, Cup, which is come in in the four by four by five, if you're a woman and, and alone, like, and just soak it in. So, but yeah, it was definitely, now we're getting to the harder part to talk about. And that's, yeah, but before just it's, and maybe it's not a defense of my comment about raising for silver, but I think what happened for me is I, the camera angle foreshortens things on that big, long climb. And, and it, you could see Diggins and Parmakoski in the background. I was like, Oh gosh, they're, they're gaining ground. She's blown up. And that, that was obviously uh, a fallacy, right? Like it was just yeah. an image. Yeah, that's an optical scene. illusion. Yeah, exactly. That's, a, that's, not, exactly. That was, that's an optical illusion when you draw like that, like you the, 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 that, that kid's trick where you draw like one gorilla and then you draw a big gorilla like back and then you look at it and it looks like something, but it's, it's not true. And I think I got sucked <laughs> right into that. I was like, oh, Diggins yeah. is smelling silver right there. And, you know. Oh, yeah. And she's and she was attacking. And, and you know what? The reality is. Uh, and, and this is my own feelings. I just think, um, you know, in hindsight, maybe we can discuss like, was it the best tactic for for Jesse to lead four point eight k of that five k? That that could be determined. That, I'll leave that hanging. Like, I'm not sure if that's the best tactic or not. But at the end of the day, that's what she chose to do. And Parmakowski, like I said, Diggins was just that carrot. You just have to hang on to Diggins and hope hope for the best in the last closing moments of the, of the whole relay. And she was able to do that. And, you know, I thought it was pretty cool because like Parmakowski tries on that last climb and Diggins responds 
and mm-hmm. and then then you're like okay oof, this is coming this is going to come down to a sprint and what a sprint is going to be in the last hundred meters with a hard descent like we've talked about over and over i mean that sweeping left hander and then into the into the finish you're like this is done this is written it, it's over and then you know what it wasn't it it, it did end um on the wrong side for for diggins in the u.s and, and diggins was shattered i mean she came out of the tuck got stressed her technique fell apart she was all over the place on her skis like skiing really poorly technically and on shattered legs and you know history was written finland gets a well-deserved bronze and and uh for for jesse diggins and the american team it's it's just another day on the boat like captain ahab you know what i mean you saw you saw you saw the white whale again <laughs> and apt metaphor yeah there, right? yeah and you right. and, and you know the harpoons were ready but uh it eluded you again and and uh, my heart really broke for the americans because you know they did they did what they needed to do and they got lucky because sweden had a complete meltdown which nobody that follows skiing would have expected and it was poised to, to do something historic but at the same time i i also want to say like we become spoiled we've become so spoiled with the american women and the fact that they keep being like fifth in the team sprint fourth in the four by five they've been fourth before in the four by five they've been fifth in the four by five jesse diggins is taking individual medals we're, we're in a place now where we look and we're like wow diggins was fourth and in, individually in in Seyfeld, oh, what a disappointment. Oh, Diggins was fourth in the 10K individually and now fourth in the relay. Oh, what a disappointment. It's like, we got to give our heads a shake too. Diggins and the U.S. team in general try to to swing for everything. You know what I mean? They're at all the World Cups. They're away from home all winter. They're doing the tour de ski. They're doing everything. They're living their life out of a hotel. And they come to the championship. And this year, the fact of the matter is, it's like, as great as that 10k was and it was great for Diggins. her 10k skate was it was a great race but it wasn't but it wasn't the best race of her season you know and and that's that's the difference of these championships and that's where you see you know Teresa had the best race of not just her season but of her career uh, on the 10th yeah, right i mean that's just like a freaky yeah yeah i yeah, yeah it's an outlier that's even an outlier. for her that, right? yeah yeah for sure that's an outlier but you know what frida carlson didn't have the best race of her career in the 10k but she did have the best race our uh, best race of the season is probably pursued but um but it was up there and, and diggins just had a very very solid day like a 9.3 of a 10 day on the 10k skate you know and today too like normally with with diggins at her best shape she skis away from parmakowski with the with the lead up parmakowski's had for the season you know and, and and Diggins just was Diggins just wasn't able to do it today uh, to ski away and by picking that tactic to, to just drill it and not readjust the tactic when after a couple K like oof Parmakowski's still on me okay you know what I'm a way better descender and a way better sprinter than, than Parmakowski so now I'm just going to play it tactically because who cares if Germany who cares if Victoria Carl comes back to me like I'll be able to out sprint her too um and she didn't readjust and and you know she was just a little too tired at the end and, and then when you're side by side with someone and you you feel that you feel that weight like you should be able to out sprint them but you're, you're shattered i mean it was obvious D- diggins legs were sh- shattered and 
the proof was in her technique. It's rare you see Diggin ski that poorly technically in the last hundred meters. Yeah, so that's something that that's come up in conversation this morning. You know, just I, I've discussed the race with a few folks, um, and yeah, the, the concept of readjusting, right? I mean, for the most part, is you know, I'm I'm observing. Diggins do what she does best, which which is drill it and and descend aggressively. Yeah. I mean, I looked at the the lines taken by you know between like Diggins and Parmakowski. I thought for sure like coming into that final downhill, I was like she's going to gap Parmakowski by fifteen meters here because of her line. Yeah, me too. Me too. And it just didn't happen. But yeah, the whole idea of of resetting and readjusting. In a 5K in particular, because I think contextually this is a different beast than like, you know, even a mass start race. Um, Oh, big time. Yeah. So how does an athlete readjust and who holds response? I mean, I don't want to. Yeah. But like, yeah. How do you get an athlete to, to readjust, I guess, is my question. Is that like a prompt from a coach or is that just has to be something internal from an athlete? No, that has to be something internal from an athlete. That has to be intuition, and and some some athletes are great at that. Petter, for example, Petter Nortag is probably the best ever uh, at readjusting during a race. Alex was a real master of that too, though, at his best. Alex Harvey could uh, was uh, Claybo too makes great uh, in race decisions. Marit too. Um, Marit's made a lot of really great tactical decisions throughout her career, especially in the mass starts when she knows how strong she is in in the, the final sprint. Um, that said, Diggins was coming off a great, like we just talked about, a, a, a very good, a great, it was a great 10K, and she saw how Parmakowski skied, she's seen how Parmakowski skied this whole season, so the tactic was right to just try and rip the legs, I, I agree. Rip, rip, rip yeah. the legs off her. Who wouldn't? I mean, I think, I think Marv Bjergen in that scenario, everybody would have done the same tactic. But you have to remember, like, Jesse knows exactly who she's going up against. I mean, they raced each other every single weekend. Um, and that was the right tactic. But I just think, like, after – and it, it's easy to Monday morning quarterback. And, and I'm not I – don't, I don't mean to be critical. I, I, that's not what I mean. I, I just think after a couple K, um, you know, it's – if she could get that race back, I'm sure Jesse herself would admit, like, oof, you know what, if I could redo that race with the body I had on, the, on that day – uh, when I couldn't get the distance I needed or that I was expecting to get on Parmakowski early in the 5K, uh, I should have just readjusted completely and, and sat in and, and had, you know, been a cool cool customer and wait for that wait for that descent and have the freshest legs possible for that descent to just blow the doors off her in the finishing stretch. But, you know, everything's, everything's clear in hindsight and, and, you know, fortune does favor the bold and I thought it was cool and really inspiring to see Jesse is a fighter, man, and she's just going to go to the basement every single time. And good on her, you know, like, and that will pay off. That That's the other thing, too. Like, people that are feeling a little disappointed, like, please don't, because it was a solid relay. It, it wasn't a great relay the U.S. did, but it was very solid, you know. And, and given how this World Championships has gone, there's been a lot of near misses for the U.S. team. Nothing is better going into next year's Olympics than the motivation you get after missing on your biggest goals, but not missing by a country mile, but instead missing by like a few centimeters because that's what's that's what's been here, you know. 
I, I think the discussions they'll probably have in the spring uh, when they're when they're reviewing the whole season and looking at how the world championships went down and, and what we could do better and what we did well. I think, I hope that they make sure to take a real moment to celebrate how historic a season it has been for Jesse Diggins and Rosie Brennan, because it has been a historic season for Rosie Brennan as well. And Haley Swerbel, yeah, the Davos 10K was the weakest field ever for, for Women's World Cups, but you still have to beat everybody that shows up. And there was a lot of heavy hitters there, and Swerbel ends up on the podium in that race too. So please, like... You, that is an impressive race too. So they they have all the pieces. They have all the pieces, and I think I think when they when they review this season and they adjust to make sure that they come into next year's Olympics with with like firing on all cylinders and having all their energy at the absolute highest it can be, it's it can be scary. Like I think the U.S. women next year at the Olympics can do some absolutely amazing things because you need these sometimes. Sometimes you need to get smacked around a little bit. And, and this is really not even snuck. They weren't even slapped around at these championships, but they just came into it. Just Things just weren't working perfectly, and they need to work perfectly if you want to contend with the biggest names in skiing. Sure, and I would say they need to work more perfectly or perfectly for a team. You know, that that's doesn't have the financial, you know, backing or staff backing like like the U.S. And not to say they're they're like taking handouts, but it, you know, the paired, the the margin for error is much smaller on a team. My my guess is, you know, for the U.S. than say like, you know, a Norway. Of course, um, I agree with or that. Russia. Yeah, um, I agree with that. I agree with that completely. How do you? Here's my last question. Really, is like, you know, you were kind of. And I, I like the way you, you know, you're being kind of the positive perspective of of how this can be a motivator. How do you perhaps build in to the the paradigm of of athletes? Let's let's again, anything can happen in another twelve month cycle, and and you know, the Beijing Olympics is roughly a year away. But let's presume it's roughly the same lineup. Um, for the U.S., I don't even know if you know. I, I haven't confirmed or denied with Moby Bjornsson if she's even continuing. Right. I hope next she does. Year. I hope she does um, for that team. I'm, I do too. I do too. Um, but I know she has a lot. You know, she's got a pretty amazing. You know, she's just very driven outside of skiing as well. So that said, how do you sort of reset and reprogram you know athletes to think about um, you know? embracing a Nortug style if things 2K into a 5K leg aren't manifesting the way you wanted them or thought they would manifest to like, okay, pull aside and let an athlete pull through. And I don't mean that as like a Monday morning quarterback type thing. It's more that, you know, building in the full uh, quiver for an athlete in terms of like success paradigm has to be that tactical piece, if that makes sense, rather than just your raw yeah. capacity and your skis are great. I agree. Yeah, so how do you do yeah, that? Well, I, I, well I, I think I think the great champions will do that. And I think that, let me explain, Diggins is 29 years old. Now she's coming off two championships with a lot of fourth places. And she will look back and see that race. And if she doesn't want it or feels like she just can't, uh, Cork, her coach, will discuss with her the the debrief. 
and I will light a fire in Jesse and fool me once, you know, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. And I think if Diggins finds herself in the same scenario next year for a championship relay medal, there is a very low probability that she continues to try and drill it on a body that's only working at 7 out of 10 or 8 out of 10 because she'll have learned from this experience. And the great champions learn. That's the thing. You know, idiots like me don't learn. That's why we just keep getting sick at all these championships like I did in my career. <laughs> but, 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 but a great champion, a true champion, they'll, they'll learn. And I mean, Jesse Diggins, make no mistake, there's never been a female skier like Jesse Diggins in the U.S.'s history. I mean, she's going to hoist the globe here this spring. So, 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 so the, the, the great champions will learn from this and will not make the same mistake twice. And I have all the confidence in the world that Diggins will never, will never let that happen again. And she'll trust her speed because she knows how good a sprinter she is. And she knows she's a lot better sprinter than, than Parmakowski. She just has to come into the last corner with, with legs that are not, not, concrete you know and that's that's an adjustment that's an adjustment she can make and the other thing too with that i think is fun because i want to talk like i did put a positive spin but i i mean it i mean alex and i talked touched on it a little bit when we had him on the podcast a little while ago there was no better motivator in my entire career than the vancouver olympics i was so disappointed leaving vancouver you can't believe it like i was so down that I left with a fifth place in the 50K, only like 0.3 seconds from a medal at, at home in the 50 Classic. And we, in the team sprint, ended up fourth place. <laughs> you know what I mean? We were seventh in the relay. We were big favorites in the relay to, to outsiders, not big favorites. We were outsiders to take a medal in the relay. And, you know, Alex and I really struggled with our skis in the Classic leg and just made some bad choices technically and we're skiing too tight and and you know it was really only because of george's great leg in in the relay um where he, where he anchored us that that we ended up seventh in the first place um so it was a lot of near misses but nothing motivated me more i was yeah i mean you can if you google my name in the olympics you see some pretty embarrassing pictures like i was i was crying at the end of the 50k i was exhausted too but but still like i was it, it hit me really hard like and we made a lot of mistakes. We've had so many coaching changes. Um, you know, like coaches have been fired going into that. That, that like it was just a, it was just a, it was a disaster. It was not a disaster, but it was a mess, is what it was. And and you know what? I look back and I said to myself, like, is there anything I could have changed? Like, you know, is was there anything I could have done differently going into these Olympics and, and yeah, there was, there was things that we could have all done differently. And that was a horrible feeling. And I, I kind of like, that was the difference. I, I made, I made that promise. Alex and I had a great discussion about it too. Justin came into the team. We had a great discussion right away. Justin and I about this. And I was like really fired up and like really definitely like, no, now we do it right. Everything we do right. Because no matter what happens in Oslo, I want to be on the start line in Oslo saying, Looking back, is there anything I could have done differently? And it's like, no, there's nothing I could have done differently. And the cards will fall when they fall. And you know what? That's a great feeling to be at a championship when that happens. And we came away with the gold medal. And I, I, you know, I won my first World Cup that season too, in large part because of that attitude. And I don't think I would have been able to 
have a season like that, had I been third in the in the 50K instead of fifth. You know what I mean? I, I, it's, it's easy. It, that's that's really Monday morning quarterbacking here, but like because it didn't happen. But I'm just saying, I I was so driven after the failure in in Vancouver and and that disappointment. That that don't undervalue the motivation that like a, a near miss can give you. And and Diggins this championship, I think it's fair to say, like Diggins had Diggins had near misses, and they will go back to the drawing board and they will come into those Olympics and they will, they will, they will write those misses. And it's very minor. There's not much. They tried to get it all. They tried to reach for it all. And in the end, they got two to three. They won the tour. They won the overall world cup. And she's been, she had a, a very good day in the 10 K. The rest of the world championships for Diggins haven't been all that great. And it's safe to say that she didn't have her best race of the season at the world championships this year. And that means the goal next year is easy. Diggins, if I was Diggins' coach, I would say, easy peasy. Next year, I want you, when the Olympics are over, to be able to look back and say, the best race of the 2021 or 2022 season was at the Olympic Games, and the cards will fall where they fall. And if you do that, and you're as good and as talented and as tough as Diggins, that'll be a medal. It, it, it will be. And even if it isn't, who cares? Because you could look back and be like, really, really satisfied with the with the work you did, you did. So, Flashback to 2019 in Seyfeld. Again, like arguably for me at least, I just was such a great women's 4x5 relay to watch with Stina Nielsen for Sweden, for Sweden anchoring and, you know, up against Johog. And I think you and I have talked about this before, but you're like, oh yeah, yep, I, I could see it. And whereas I thought, nah, Johog's going to crush this. And she did not. And... Nielsen, you know, known as a sprinter with some distance chops, is no longer in the sport. She's a biathlete. But is it like, you know, uh, a pipe dream to me, for me to even posit that somewhere in some back room in Sweden today, they're thinking, you know what? We need to make sure Stina Nielsen is at least primed for a 5K uh, in Beijing, I think it's a pipe dream. I think it's a pipe dream, sadly. But you know what's, but you know what's kind of fun, honestly. Like a a healthy Lin Swan again. There's going to be another athlete that is going to be immensely motivated after the near, not just the near miss. She Dickens had a near miss. Dickens had a near miss at these World Championships, but but Lin Swan leaves these championships, kind of asking herself what could have been, mm -hmm. you know, and, and and she will be incredibly motivated for the Olympic games and motivated to, to go like, not never, that's not happening again. Um, and with the, with the depth of the women's program in, in Sweden, they don't need Stina Nielsen to win. I mean, absolutely not. And, and, you know, it, it would be cool. It's a cool story. If, if Stina could come over from bath on her, you know, the, the chances of her making the Swedish women's bath team for the Olympics are so yeah. uh, pretty yeah. much, they're not, they're not zero. They're that's not zero, but they're keep her in play. They're vi they're very slim, but uh, that said, she also hasn't had the ski speed this year uh, that she did last year. I mean, she she wouldn't be able to break into the <laughs> Swedish women's distance uh, the relay team this year with the results. Or like, if you look at her times, uh, her ski times in the IBU Cup and stuff, like she just she's just not she's not fit as she's not as fit as she was in 2018, or she was not as she's not as fit as she was in 2019 either. And um, the Swedish program has kind of moved moved away from her right now so 
but it would be cool. It would be cool. And we've seen that before. I mean, how many, you know, we've seen Lars Berger step in a couple times for Norway and, and he left with gold medals around his neck for the four by 10 K relay. So it's not uncommon that or it's, it's not unprecedented. Sorry. That athletes have raced relay legs, uh, for, for, for the cross country. And what a story that would be if Stina Nielsen did that. But, I, but I'm, I'm just worried about that team that Stina Nielsen would have to try and get back into. I mean, cause the Swedish women's team is a real powerhouse now. And, uh, yeah, it'd, it'd be a big ask, I think. All right. Thanks. Appreciate your All time. All right, man. Yeah, take care. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to our 2021 World Championships coverage.